Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Small Talks Random Thoughts. My name is Harold, and this is Marcus. And welcome back to a very fun episode of the um, new season. This is officially, I would say, season two's first episode. Uh, as you guys can tell, I have a special guest with me today, Marcus. Um, we're going to be talking about something that both him and I both enjoy quite a lot, uh, and that is anime. So, with that being said, um, where should we start with anime? There's a lot to cover in that one topic. Yes, anime is a very vast, like, it's a whole culture, bro. It's like jumping in the Pacific Ocean <laughs> with, a, with 10 pound weights tied to your feet if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you jump in and then, like, everyone who's like, oh, you know, I don't really know what anime is. It is like jumping in with lead weights because they watch one anime and then they're 30 feet deep in it. And now they're obsessed and they've got figurines in their room. <laughs> in fact, this room right here is a perfect example. Oh yeah, no, I've got like some small memorabilia. I, I, I have Funko Pops, like just purely anime-based Funko Pops sitting in a box in my closet right now. And I haven't pulled them out to decorate simply for the fact that like I'm living with the two roommates that I have and I'm gonna be moving out this year into my own apartment and so I'm gonna decorate it then. But I have that and then I have a Katsuki Bakugo and uh, Kirishima um, keychains that I got for Christmas that I am using as decoration right now so yeah I remember it's funny because I remember when when we first talked about anime back in like what was it, middle school and you, yeah, you was... hated anime back then oh yeah no I thought it I would I was one of those people like um, for anybody who's watched the water boy um, I was I was the mom from the water boy <laughs> I get boys of the devil. Well, I would say that about anime. I would just be the enemies of the devil. <laughs> yes, and then I, I I roped you in. I trapped you. Mm-hmm. And now oh, you yeah. now you're obsessed. <laughs> I can't I can't get enough of it. Yes. I just finished watching through an anime between last night and to, like to this morning. Um, which I guess we can start there with. Um, the anime was Don't Toy with Me, Miss Nagata uh, Nagatoro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. It's, it, it's funny. Like, it's a different dynamic. She kind of messes with him like that, but it's like she's got all offense and no defense, and I find that so funny. Mm -hmm. So, for anybody who hasn't seen the show, we'll cover the base plot of the show without spoiling anything for all of you. Um, base plot is there is a guy. Uh, do you remember the main character's name? Uh, I do not. All I remember is he's Senpai. <laughs> I think that's what they call him. That's all she calls him. So he's known as Senpai, and for anybody who doesn't like know Japanese, uh, which is a majority of our viewers, um, Japanese word Senpai means upperclassman. So they're just calling him upperclassman, which he is. He's their upperclassman by a year um, through the whole show. Um, but Nagatoro is a ruthless first year in high school, and she finds it hilarious to toy with this poor nerdy kid who's a second year in high school who loves art and to draw, and so she thinks it's hilarious to pick on him. So. <laughs> yes, it's so funny how she just torments the poor guy. Like, he, he can't even form a sentence at first. Have you ever noticed, this is a subtle detail, I was, I was scrolling through, like, clips. Have you ever, ever noticed during the show that whenever it's a person that he doesn't know or doesn't talk to or wouldn't normally interact with, there's no eyes? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, throughout. It's like the throughout animator's the budget was just a zero on like background characters. They were like eyes. Yeah, but the funny thing is, there's actually a reason behind it. I, I heard that the reason is because what he does to avoid talking to people he wouldn't normally talk to, he doesn't make eye contact with them ever. Smart. So what they they use that as a means, I guess, to keep their budget down. So they didn't have to animate eyes because he's not looking them in the eyes. 
even Nagatoro started out like that when he first met her. If you if you pay attention, like all the, that is that, true. That entire group, no eyes at first, but then whenever she forces him to interact with them, they have eyes because he has no choice but to look them in the eyes. And then for the rest of the show, he knows them; they have eyes. And it's funny the dynamic, like the fact that it starts out with Nagatoro just messing with him here and there, mm-hmm. and it literally makes his life, as he quotes in the show, a living hell. <laughs> yes. And so, seeing him interact with somebody like that and not being able to stick up for himself is mm-hmm. probably the biggest key center point. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that would like resonate with that and be like, oh yeah, no, I get that because I like to hide and not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's called introverts. Yes. Any and all introverts. Instaverts. Instaverts. <laughs> introverts. All of you introverts are now called introverts. Yes, we have dubbed the... It's funny though, because like at first she's like, it's kind of hard to tell at first, but she's messing with him and messing around with him. And then it gradually, like she messes with him for different reasons, like her motivation changes. I'm not gonna say anything, but her motivation for messing with him kind of changes. And and he does kind of start a little bit sticking up for himself. I mean, not as much, not in like a super manly way, but in his own nerdy, barely out of his shell way, he kind of starts fighting back a little. And then it's funny her reaction when he actually says, okay, bet, I'll call your bluff. Oh yeah, several times through the show, he calls her bluff on things and she's just super embarrassed. Like Marcus said, she's all bark, no bite. And so her offense is very straightforward. She will she will fire shots to you all day. But the second she gets a shot fired back at her, she gets really embarrassed really quick, just like how he does <laughs> through the entire thing. And so there's several points through the show where he'll just snap back at her once or twice and she'll just freeze up where he'll do something really like out there and very um, surprising, like one episode he grabs her by the arm and pulls her out because they were going to the festival and she wanted to see fireworks and the line was too long. And so he just yoinks her out of the line and says, we're going to go to this special location that I know. And she just goes, oh my gosh, in her mind. Yes. So. Even funnier was how she even got to the festival in the first place. That was a hilarious reaction. She kind of treats him like a pet. And then when her friends are like, hey, they take a selfie with him with a freaking collar on his neck and they're like, hey. We got your pet. Man, she comes sprinting in there. She looks like she's about to murder someone. She ran like she was from the My Hero Academia universe. And she <laughs> just got a speed quirk for the first time. <laughs> she's using the quirk engine. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> she even had the smoke binder too. Yeah, that's true. She must have been using... She, she has small engines in her calves, period. Yes. Period. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, um, My Academia has been blowing up pretty big too. Yeah, it's that new season that's out. It's really good. I saw it, and I mean, I watched whenever new seasons come out. I tend to watch them in both subbed and dubbed, and because I catch up on the dub, so I have to switch to sub. And I was kind of surprised to find that the dub really did kind of live up to it. In fact, I would actually say the dub was, was better on some of those scenes. I don't know how far you've gotten into it. So I've caught up all the way to the season six, episode 15, Taurus. Uh, or Tartarus, my bad. Mm-hmm. Tartarus. So yeah, the, that part. Yeah. And they haven't made any more dubbed episodes on Crunchyroll yet. Yes. Um, which is where I keep up with it. Uh, I know some people like to watch on Fundimation, which, by the way, heads up for all of you who like Fundimation. Uh, you were bought out by Crunchyroll, and you guys won't be getting as much anime anymore. Just as a f- little freebie heads up, you might want to jump to Crunchyroll. Um, but for all of you who do watch on the mainstream platforms, that's where Crunchyroll is, and that's where I'm at right now. Um, so I know for a fact 
what has happened up to that point. Mm -hmm. The rest of it, it's just been manga spoilers for me. Yeah, that's it's kind of <clears> hard <throat> to avoid them because like if you even watch clips of the newer episodes, you just get recommended all this. Oh yeah, Deku did this or All Might does this or and it's like I don't want to know like. Sometimes it's better to just just wait yeah. for the anime. Like sometimes I would read I would read the manga. Like if it's really good and I know the anime is not going to continue, the anime wasn't that good. I'd read like One Punch Man. I mean I don't know when or if they're going to continue the anime. Which it was I'd, a great anime. Just great like anime. small side note, I freaking loved it. I'd love to see another season of mm -hmm. it. It was hilarious, and I I very much so resonated with. Like Saitama through that whole thing. <laughs> Sokka. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I, like I read that manga because as of yet, it's unclear whether the anime will continue. And if it does, I mean, even reading the manga, if it does, you're like, oh, well, I know what's going to happen, but I don't know how they're going to get it. So yeah, it's, you know, there's still some surprise. But back to, to My Hero Academia, I think what I liked in that the newer part during like the war arc was when Deku was like so mad at Tomura. That he he went off, bro. Like I have never heard the dub voice actor sound like that. Like when he started saying that, like he said the guy Rocklock tells him to leave, he says, Not a chance. I'm like, what is this the same guy? That does not sound like Deku at all. That that doesn't sound like him. Like I had never heard the voice actor sound so genuinely pissed off in my life. It was actually really good voice acting. Yeah, I agree. It was borderline level of like Goku versus Frieza back in the day when Goku first ever went Super Saiyan. Mm -hmm. Like it was that flip switch. That's what they, I feel like, kind of copied in a sense for like giving him a good story arc change was that flip switch idea. Yeah, it sounded in his, in my mind, his voice sounding like that is like, that's the voice of him being the symbol of peace, him being the guy. Yeah. Like that's the voice he would use. Cause before he's kind of high pitched, just, you know, it doesn't sound very, cool or strong but that voice they use with Tomura right there I'm like oh that's the voice of the guy who's gonna become the guy yeah that's that's it man hit puberty in one second he flat. did he did <laughs> it's like he hit puberty instantly he goes hey guys what's going on pretty much and like throughout the whole anime itself if you're really like watching it so like we'll jump back to season one again we'll explain the plot line of this really quick um, basic outline of the show My Hero Academia for anybody who has not seen it, um, which it's one of the more mainstream ones. Most people have seen this one, but for the few who haven't, um, basic idea is it's a world kind of like how ours is, except instead of there being just a bunch of normal people everywhere, there are a bunch of people running around with these things called quirks, aka superpowers. Um, the society is 80% of people have quirks and 20% do not have quirks or never ended up having one when they were born um and so the plot takes place following a young man named Izuka Midoriya who was born quirkless and ends up running into the symbol of peace for this whole show aka All Might the big big hero number one hero in the entire show if you play Fortnite he's the big blonde character that guy big buff Bondi who yes. wears the blue sp spandex with the red on it that guy yes um well he um, he ends up telling Izuku that he'll never be a hero because he has no quirk. And then he sees Izuku step out into this really brave, like, just hero-like action of saving one of his classmates from a villain that he ends up getting told, you too can become a, like, a hero just based out of that action by the same man who told him he wouldn't be. 
and then he begins to train him and he gives him like a power and everything and it's really crazy i'm not going to spoil how the power works um but he ends up giving him power and the show takes off from there mm -hmm. and overall like i'm not this isn't really a spoiler because it says it in the second episode but the overall story is how izuku midoriya becomes the greatest hero yeah. starting from being quirkless and that right now where the anime is it's approaching the end it's not at the end but it's approaching like the final chapters yeah. where we're going to get to the end the part where he becomes the greatest hero so we're getting close so you you won't have to wait long if you start watching right now you won't have to wait too much longer for this whole thing to be completely over and you can just binge watch the whole thing and it will be the nicest thing for you because you won't have to wait like how I'm waiting. And I'm, <laughs> it's painful. It's painful. So for anybody who like cares to this, uh, I listen to dub and I like to watch the dub over sub personally, only because I like to do things while I'm watching anime and I prefer to be able to hear it and actually know what I'm listening to. Um, for any of you who are sub fans and you're just like, anime, yeah, yes, it's like Wait. it's like a sin to like dub in some anime communities. It's kind of sad. Yeah, but, but. It, yeah, my opinion, and I'm sure you share this opinion, is that dub and sub, there's no one that is better. Sure, sometimes the sub voice actors do a better job, but you can't say the dub is just always bad, and the sub is not always better. Most of the time, yeah, I'd agree. Most of the time, the sub is better because that's the original language and it gets closer to accurate to the original source because the source is in Japanese. So I can see why in most cases the sub is better, but you cannot dismiss that the dub is also very good. Anyone who watches Attack on Titan, Ervin Smith's performance there is, is magnificent, beautiful, incredible. Aaron Yeager, his performance, and he performs in a variety of other anime that we also watch. Bluetooth speaker. So I should mention, I had a Bluetooth speaker on, so if that came across them, like our microphones, um, yeah, there was a Bluetooth speaker that was on in my bedroom that I forgot to turn off before we recorded, and it turned itself off. So. <laughs> hey, at least you're not wasting any power. That's true. But yeah, dub, dub can be better than sub, and dub can be equal to sub, but of course, it also goes the same way that it can be worse. I mean, yeah. you can't just say only sub or you're not a real anime fan, or only dub or you're not a real anime fan. That's just an extremist perspective, in my opinion. It's unwarranted, because they can both have their merits. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's subjective. I think if you look at sub versus dub, I think if you're a sub watcher, cool. It means you have a little more free time on your hands. You like to enjoy it in the more original contented version of it, so you're enjoying the like fullest extent that you feel like you can get out of it without reading the manga. Dub watchers, people who are like me, they have a little more that they try to do during their day. They just don't have all the excess free time that most people would think that they would have to be able to watch the sub. And so they like to watch the dub or at least listen to the dub while they're doing what they're doing. Um, in my case, I tend to keep up with like my social medias and doing all of this podcasting stuff while I have the dub playing in the background or running in the background for me to listen to or like watch it for a little bit and take breaks. And so it's just, it's nicer to be able to have that, in my opinion, as somebody who is a dub watcher. Um, but I think it's objective. I think either way it goes, both are really good. Uh, both can also suck really bad. And it just mm -hmm. depends. Like, take Ghost Stories, for example. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that anime or heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen or heard of it. So Ghost Stories, the reason you haven't seen or heard of it, is it was such a bad anime in the sub that they handed the entire anime to the dubber community. Oh, 
and said, here you go, dubbed actors. Here's a baseline of how these episodes are supposed to work. Have fun recording whatever the heck you want. Go at it. Oh, and so no. you get scenes where there's um, like a little kid who's dyslexic, apparently, in the dubbed version, who's not dyslexic in the subbed version. <laughs> and they're telling two completely different stories based out of the exact same story. And it's hilarious. I love it very much. I think the dub, and the dub ends up getting a lot more praise than the sub does. Sub actually gets hated for that show, and dubbed is like, everybody's like, yeah, dubbed ghost story. So for anybody who hasn't seen ghost stories, uh, and I'm going to show you ghost stories after we're done with this. It's very funny. <laughs> um, go watch it. I would say at least watch like clips on YouTube or like an episode or something like that of it because like, and I specifically the dub, forget the subbed on that one. Sub sucks. I agree fully on that thought. The dubbed is great in that one. It's really funny, but go watch it. I think it's, I think it's worth your time. If you watch even just like 20 minute clips of like the funniest moments from it. Um, I think we've covered a baseline shonen and a baseline slice of life. Um, ooh, we could talk about Rising of the Shield Hero. We that one's a good isekai. That. Oh, it is. I love isekai. Isekai is my favorite genre, and I, I like writing stories. In fact, I've been writing a story like I should so I should share that with you. I have a Google Doc that if you have an email way after this, I can send it to you. Oh, heck yeah. But I have a whole story, and I've been writing this thing since I was in high school, hmm. and I've been writing it all that time. I think you've told me about the story. So for context, I've known Marcus for about 10 years now. Him and I went through both middle school and high school together. Um, I was homeschooled in um, the latter half of middle school and all of high school, but him and I stayed, stayed connected. We played football together. We lived like 10 minutes apart from each other, so we would hang out at each other's houses all the time. Um, so we're childhood friends, basically. This is a childhood friend situation, but we're the same gender. Oh yes, it is. It is glorious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like you were saying, your story. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna advertise for it because it's not my place to. But I've been writing this thing for a long time, and I I want to make it into a, a manga. But right now I can't draw, which is what I've been working on. So okay. I'm, I'm trying. At first, I'm just trying to you know just fill around, you know just just draw for fun find a passion for it then i'll actually start practicing for real so i can try to make it into a thing that's what i want to do ultimately get in contact with my sister she can draw anime styles really well like she's doing from rising of the shield shield hero because she texted me today she said i'm bored i want to draw an anime character give me your favorite one and i gave her now fumi from the rising of the shield hero mm -hmm. and so she's going to do that and she's going to send it back to me today nice. um like a picture of it so I'm very excited to see it. Also, like send you the picture yeah, of it man. and be like, "Hey, this is what Brianna can do. Yeah, her magic skills are impeccable. Her incredible skills. Yeah, I, I might have to do that because I'm starting from scratch. Drawing was never a thing I did. Drawing was never something I was really super interested in. I mean, the the most drawing I've ever done was when I was in like elementary school, I wrote a quote unquote comic book, but it was just stick figures. And it didn't even have a real story. It was just dude fights bad dude. Dude beats bad dude. That was the extent of it. I was, okay, listen, I was like, like seven, okay? Dude I can't, fights bad dude. That's dude essentially what it was. beats bad dude. Yeah, that's, that's literally how simplistic it was. It was just that simplistic. It was just stick figures fighting each other. It wasn't even well drawn, but I mean, again, I was, 
I'm just going ahead and I draw. So that, that's where I'm starting from. No, that's fair. That's about where I start at any time when I draw. The best thing I can do is I can draw a semi-realistic looking tree. Mm -hmm. Don't expect anything else out of me. I've drawn, I've practiced drawing the head. I can draw like an anime face looking straight into the quote-unquote camera. Mm -hmm. I'm working on hair. Hair is kind of hard. Hair, hair is very interesting. I can draw faces, I cannot draw hair. The hair is the hardest part because it flows, it's free. Like if the character's in motion, you have to be able to prove that motion yeah, is happening. By using the hair to have it flow, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's not easy. That's why when I see like posters or fan art of stuff, I just gush because as someone who wants to be able to do that, I look at that and I say, I want that so bad. I want to know how you yeah. do that. No, and I get that. So, like, for me, I'm a, I'm a amateur voice actor. You already know this. Like, you, you've known this since day one of me being like, I'm going to be a voice actor. Yeah. But for anybody who doesn't, like, know, I, I wanted to be an amateur voice actor, and I wanted to become more professional, wanted to do anime specifically for my voices. Um, well, that's kind of how it was for me. I'd see the voice actors that I really liked, and... Um, we just kind of studied how they did it and i was like i want to do that and so that's what i did that's how i learned how to do a lot of my voices that's really square one for anything so mm -hmm. i think you're on the right track i appreciate that speaking of voice actors there's one anime i don't think i don't know if you've seen it or not no, probably not because it's pretty obscure it's called twin star exorcists i've heard of it it's really good and the the main character's voice actor is the same guy who does kirito same guy who does aaron oh yeah him yeah it's that guy he does okay. that and he screams a lot in that show. The main character is a violent person, but it's he's violent, but he's heroic at the same time. The heroic, but ah, uh, yes, Fire Force 2.0. Yes, essentially. <laughs> Except he's not personified as a demon. I'm not going to go any more into detail on that one. He's just... <clears throat> this man's an exorcist in this show. Yes, he's an exorcist, and um, yeah... The basic plot line, I guess I can, I can give you the basic premise, is okay. basically this kid named Rokuro Enmado, main character, and he was scarred because he was part of a horrific tragedy two years before the anime happened. And after that, he didn't want to be an exorcist anymore. His scars made him not want to be an exorcist ever again because he lost like all of his family, essentially. Oh, wow. So he didn't want to do it. And on the other end of the coin, there's Benio Adashino, who lost her parents and brother, but was more determined to become the strongest exorcist. They both had the same motivation at one point, and they're exact opposites. She's quiet, reserved, and he's loud and obnoxious and, kind of, and very immature at the beginning of the show, but he becomes cooler. Okay. And they, they come together later on because they're the twin star exorcists, and the overall plot it's kind of a rom-com mixed in with an action show because the, oh. the joke is they're the twin stars mm -hmm. and they're going to give birth to the Miko, the ultimate exorcist who will end the war with the Kegare, which are demonic entities that assault humanity from an alternate reality called Magano, which is where the exorcists travel to to fight them, hold them back. And the joke is that they're supposed to get married, but they're opposites. They hate each other. They despise one another's existence. They can't stand each other, but they're supposed to get married at some point in the future. <laughs> and that's the overall joke. And and overall, throughout the show, Rokuro grows in, in his maturity. He becomes stronger. They both become stronger. It's a really, a really good show. Hmm. And Rokuro's power is really freaking cool. It's unique among most exorcists. He's the only one among them who can do this, and it's incredibly powerful. 
but I'm not going to say anything about what that power is. You'll just have to find that out for yourself. I see. See, well, then I will have to, in fact, take a peek at this anime. Um, and then anybody who's listening who's curious, uh, go watch it too, so that way I have more to talk about. Um, <laughs> but for um, everybody who's listening, really quick, before we hop back in, we're going to take a quick ad break. And when we hop back in, we're going to talk about the Rising of the Shield Hero and some more different genres, like the isekais and then the rom-com styles and stuff like that. So we'll see you in a few. back welcome back to the um continued um episode we've got not too much longer i say we'll probably run for maybe 20 more minutes for all of you who are curious to be like how long does this have left in it um so we'll start with the rising of the shield hero i guess we'll pick back up there like i said we would um so just for for the marcus's sake here for everybody you guys know you just listened to a um advertisement marcus is my special guest we're running this whole set in one run right now, so all we did was take a few seconds to pause to be able to slide it in there. That's what we're doing. I'll edit it in there later, and then what will happen is they'll be able to hop into the ad for us, and they'll come back out, and they'll hop back into what we're doing. All right, cool. So, with that being said, Rising the Shield Hero. That one's a really fun anime to watch. Oh, I just finished watching it, I think, two days ago. It took me a week to finish. Um, basic premise of that one... Um, Four people from four alternate Japans get yoinked into this random new world, and they're given these weapons called cardinal weapons, and they're known as the spear, the sword, the shield, and the bow hero. Now, the shield, uh, shield is the only hero that gets outcasted in the nation that summoned all of them, compared to the sword, spear, and bow, who are all glorified and loved by everybody. Um, and so you get to see Naofumi, a.k.a. the shield hero, grow as not only a hero, but as a person in this world trying to essentially make his name fit better and figure out why people hate him so much. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick up from there. Yeah, I think before we started the podcast, I was about to tell you my story about the most extreme reaction I've ever had to one of the best antagonists in anime history, in my opinion. That's right. We were going to talk about yes, that. Yes, it's uh, the... I'm not going to say who she is, but you will know immediately who she is. It's hard to miss. But that, oh my goodness, I this woman made me so mad. When I was watching the first episode, I'm so glad I was home alone when it happened. Because what happened is I literally screamed out in rage. I've never screamed out loud. I took my headphones off and screamed so many things about that woman out loud in my house alone. And it was like, I've never been so mad at a character that IRL, I screamed at them all the things that I screamed at this woman. This, I I just, I, I will never be able to forgive that woman so much for what she did. Dang. See, the worst I think I've ever done, and it was probably also, if I remember correctly, part of it was with this chick too, was I've just yelled under my breath while watching I've been like no don't do that you stupid idiots like that's about as far as I've gone so 
that's impressive that it's pushed it to a point where you were even so upset that you were like hooting and hollering about oh, it in I your was, house. I was actually screaming. The neighbors probably could hear me, bro. I was screaming. Nine one one. A yeah. domestic abuse case is happening yes. across the street. <laughs> it probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the police had showed up like thirty minutes later and said, "Hey, we got a noise complaint here." It's something about somebody screaming about some chick. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like, I've never been so mad in my life. That woman is irredeemable. And as is the spirit hero. Oh my goodness. I agree. He's so stupid. He's unbelievably stupid. So, out of every hero, the spirit hero was probably the dumbest hero. Oh yeah. Out of all of them, I think. He couldn't even think for himself. And he was supposed to be 22 years old. (laughs) He was the oldest. He He was was the the oldest one. Eldest one pulled into the world he was 22 and he thought more with what was in his pants than what was like on his head and he had a hero complex and yep. he's kind of a weirdo when it comes to angels apparently yeah yeah he he was a special somebody oh he's special right. he's special special as special can get oh but my gosh i don't know i think the cardinal weapons that they used were pretty cool though they were like, pretty cool overall i think personally my favorite was a shield despite its like drawbacks oh yeah and despite it being the main character's weapon if i look at it just from a perspective of what weapons were the best i think the shield was the best personally oh no doubt because of what it was able to do the other heroes called his shield a cheat that's how good it was it was so good the other heroes said he was cheating that's how good it was and he was the weakest one at the beginning because he couldn't fight. He, he has no, for context, a cardinal hero is only allowed to pick up the weapon that is the same type as their own cardinal weapon. So the spear hero can only pick up spears. Any other weapon he picks up will fly out of his hand automatically. And so that means Nalfami can only pick up shields. He cannot wield a sword with his shield, like what would normally be done. Hence him being the weakest hero Hence that country hating him so much because he's considered the weakest. He can't fight for himself. He has no offense. He's only a shield. And yet, he's also got what is, without a doubt, the most powerful of the four cardinal weapons just because of what he's been able to accomplish with it. Oh, yeah. He even explains to them it's not the fact that his weapon was overpowered. It's the fact that he knows how to wield his compared to the others not knowing how to wield theirs. They don't. And they, I mean, yeah, they prove it. The only things they know how to use were their special meteor attacks, and that was it. Like, you see it repetitively through the anime. They don't use any other attack except for a meteor attack and combos. Yeah, that like was lightning it. attacks. But they use skills. They rely on skills because you got to realize these are normal people who got pulled into another world. They're not martial artists. Yep. Sure, it makes it look like they are because this dude, Moriyasu, spear hero, is out here spinning his spear like he's an expert. He's not a spear user. This man has never held a spear in his life prior to coming here. Yep. So because their uh, weapons are more offense-oriented, they didn't have to learn how to actually wield their weapon as a weapon. They could rely on skills. And it's a subtle detail that they slip in there. You don't really... It's not obvious. Yep. But it becomes obvious as time goes on because they are... Those three heroes are basically useless. Yep. And Naofumi's carrying them. And you can see it throughout every one of like the different arcs every time that they fought the big bad. There was Nalfami saving the day, and the other three were either strung up, arguing with each other, or fighting, like, little small enemies that nobody could keep up with. Like, that kind of thing. And if you, like, pay attention several times 
to what they're doing, they are in fact only using the skills, whereas Nalfami is using his whole body, any training that he's undertook himself, any bit of learning he's done about the shield and how to use it properly, and he actually built a party that was well worth his time and could fight with him because he realized it's not just about having a harem or trying to build a army of scumbags that can run the world with him. Mm -hmm. He was building an army of people who were intelligent, skilled, and knew how to use the weapons that they were taught how to use. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, his first person he ever gets on this team as a part of his party it was Bay. out of... It's Bay. That's Bay right there. That girl. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he, he gets her and it's really funny so he finds her as a child um Hell yeah. <laughs> locked up in a slave trade business because so in this world that they're in slave trade is is a legal thing for them and the way it works is there's humans and then there's demi-humans or it's a mix like a demi-human aka it's a part human or part monster and part human um like animal features on a human body type. pretty much think think cat girl or like dog human things like yeah that that idea um for all of you who are out there it's borderline furries um <laughs> so he ends up showing up in this little slave tent because everybody hates him they think he's the scum of the earth they think he's um done some terrible things and uh, assaulted a woman when he didn't it's the big bad that marcus was talking about the, the annoying woman she was the one who falsely accused him of this and so he's trying to just live life at this point and figure out what to do with himself and he ends up wandering into a slave trade like business that this guy kind of lured him towards and then the guy's like i'll sell you a slave <laughs> yeah and it's funny to see because he, he really didn't have a choice because no one would fight alongside him because they all thought he was a rapist yet at the same time he can't fight by himself. As I mentioned, he can only use shields. He can't fight by himself, so he needs someone to fight for him, but no one will do it. This is why he had to go to the slave trade in the first place, because that way he could have someone fight with him who had no choice but to fight with him, A, and could not betray him. Yep. Um, and so he ends up running across. There was this little, small, like, girl locked up, and then she was part raccoon and part person. So she's got like little raccoon ears and a raccoon tail and so he was just like she, she he could tell she was sick and he actually took if you pay attention he takes pity on her which is really neat so it's like a slight detailing if you pay mm -hmm. attention to how he actually cared about the people mm -hmm. he full and well knew he was getting a slave but he also treated her like a person mm -hmm. because he full and well knew she was still a person mm -hmm. and so he ends up getting her out because he was like in internally you could tell he could have gotten any other like thing to fight for him but instead he chose her because she was sick, she needed somebody to save her, and he saved her. He just did what was right. And so he pulled her out, got her um, food, he took care of her, he spent whatever little money he had at the time, um, which the currency was copper, silver, and gold. Copper being the lowest, uh, gold being the highest form of payment. He only had a few coppers to his name, kind of level thing. And so, ooh, pardon me, I had a burp. Yes, because this devil of a woman also happened to steal all of his money which and what le what was left that he hid in his shield he threw at her and said this is what you want right shove it up your ass pretty much which was quite funny to see um personally i thought that was hilarious i was like dang he's even taking his petty pocket change yeah. and throwing it at that her. was the most badass moment of when he got falsely accused when he pulled the money he had hidden away out and said hey this is what you wanted from me right this is why you did this right here take it yeah this is what you wanted 
And so when he when he finally takes care of this like little slave girl enough, she ends up leveling up, and when she, her like her um, race levels up enough, they level up and become an adult. And they don't just like they don't age normal like people do. Their levels determine their age, like for how their features work and everything. And so he ends up leveling her up throughout the like time that they were spent together within a month, to where she now looked like an adult, was an adult, acted like an adult. She, I mean, she was an adult for the most part. She acted like an adult. I mean, there she was a few childish. She has, things. yeah, she has a few signs of still being a child, but it's very, very few and far between. And it, and if you really pay attention, whenever she changed, her level was eighteen. Yeah. When she leveled up to eighteen, she became eighteen. Yep. I think that was a nice little little uh, detail that they slid in there. I was like, that that's smart. I appreciate them doing that. that so every, good so for it. everyone who's out there, like you can't possibly simp for this girl because she's a child. Listen, she is literally eighteen, and it's a fantasy world. Willing suspension of disbelief is a thing. Okay. Yep. So just let people simp if they want to simp. Okay, no judgment. It's a place of no judgment. The judgment fees on. Um, but um, he ends up like getting her leveled up. She didn't want to fight with a sword at first. He ends up teaching her and like gets her to move past her own um, insecurities about it and her own fears about it. And they end up making this really great team. Um, and they grow to be like one of the strongest duos in the entire thing. Um, he also had a bird that he ended up buying off the slave guy again as well. Um, but she ends up becoming really good friends in a sense when it comes down to the trade deals that he can get on things with the slave, the straight slave driver <laughs> ends up becoming friends with the dude. He kind of is. He kind of is becoming friends with. Another. What well, this is what these are the two things that I like the most about this show, and then I'll ask you what two things you like the most about the show. My two things is number one, character development. It's mm-hmm. prevalent throughout. Now for me, let me go through a brief overview of what his character development is. He comes into this world enthusiastic, you know, he's a little surprised, of course, because he just got pulled into another universe, but, you know, he's overall enthusiastic, I'm a hero, he kind of, he's not all that dissimilar from the other three heroes at first in his attitude. I mean, he's a little bit nicer about it, because the other three immediately start demanding respect. He doesn't do that, but he does kind of let the hero thing get a little bit to him. Then he gets betrayed... At which point he finds himself unable to trust anybody. He can't bring himself to believe in people. He doesn't like people. He becomes mean. And you said he did help Raftali out of the goodness of his heart. But I believe that was a subconscious thing. I agree. Because up on the surface, he was treating her kind of mean at first. Of course, once they got out of the slave tent, he started being a little nicer. I mean, not on the surface, but he fed her. He gave her medicine, things that a normal person owning a slave wouldn't do. But that was just subconscious instinct. On the outside, he still didn't trust anybody, and he still was just thinking of her as a tool. In his mind, even if it was like subconscious, he was helping her, but in his mind, he was rationalizing that as, oh, I, well, it's, she's like a tool, and I gotta take care of my tools. Yeah. And he eventually grows to reach past that point. It's, it happens when he duels Motoyasu, and the duel, he gets cheated, of course, because he's the shield hero, and nobody ever fights fair against him. He kicks Motoyasu's ass, so they cheat, and make him lose. That still pisses me off. But after that, he's at his lowest point, because what they're going to do is, the stakes of the duel is, if he lost, they were going to take Raftalia, the girl he saved, the slave girl, away from him, so he would have to go back to fighting by himself. They were trying to screw him over. 
But at this point, she had grown to learn the real him, and even after being freed from the enslavement ritual, she chose to stay. And even so, he still kind of pushed her away because he couldn't trust. And you can tell throughout that part, he couldn't even taste food. He couldn't trust people so bad. He was in such a bad way he couldn't taste. And whenever Raftalia said to his face, I will be your sword through fire and brimstone. Even if the whole world speaks ill of you, I will tell them they're wrong and that they don't know the real you. I will stay with you no matter what anyone says. And that finally breaks through his veil of untrustingness. And he finally becomes willing to believe in at least her again. And he breaks free, he becomes able to taste. And from then on, he's still, I mean, he's not like back to being the naive fool he was at the beginning. He still doesn't trust people unconditionally, but he's not to the point where he won't trust people, even if they display reasons for him to trust. And, and he grows through that. And that's one thing I really like now from his character development and even some of the other heroes, Motoyasu the least, but he does develop a little. They develop every character and I, I really like that angle. And the second detail is the subtle things that they slip in there. A lot of people don't notice this when Naofumi loses the duel and he starts unlocking the curse series, which is like dark, fueled by his rage at how badly he's being treated. It unlocked a new series of upgrades to his shield, fueled by that rage, and it was called the Curse series. And that's one of the main reasons he's so OP, and the other heroes call his shield a cheat, because they don't know how he got the Curse series. And what I find so subtle that they slip in there is that the reason he unlocks that is because of the line he says just before, this damn shield is a curse. His mindset becomes, my shield is not a weapon, yep. it is a curse. And once he reaches the mindset that it is a curse, the curse series is unlocked. And I'm 80% sure that if Raftalia had not intervened with him in that moment, he would have lost it. Oh, he probably would have went full villain and like OP villain at that. He would have, yeah, the curse would have taken over because his shield was already showing signs of, of, to pop. of the curse. And if she hadn't made him trust again and re restored his humanity in that moment, the shield would have taken over. He would have massacred everybody. And they often make the analogy of, of Naofumi as the devil of the shield. Well, I'm pretty sure, and they don't really expressly say this, but the king hates the shield hero, and he does hate a completely different one, which is, is mentioned in the anime. I think the reason he hates the shield is because the previous shield hero also had the curse series, but lost control. And the curse destroyed his family in some way, form, or fashion. He lost it to it. And so Could now... Could that be why the castle and kingdom that the, like, the queen is chilling in for a while was so destroyed? It could very well be. That's what I think. It's a subtle detail that they kind of slip in there. Now, I don't know this with certainty. I have not read the manga. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's what they're going for. But that's the impression I got. And a lot of people don't notice that. So when they ask him, so where'd you get that cursed shield? Because they ask him much later on. And now for me, he says he did it through hard work. And I thought, no, I'm pretty sure you did it because of a mindset. It wasn't like hard work. You didn't unlock this through some kind of training. Yeah. It was a mindset. So I think Naofumi himself doesn't even really know where he got it. He just thinks he might have unlocked it while leveling up. He I probably that's does. that's probably what he thought. That's probably what he thought. But if he really wanted to be honest with them, he could have said, go to literally any other country in this world because the other countries don't like the other heroes, especially 
the demi-human friendly countries like yeah. what is it called shield freedon yeah. you can tell by the name of the freaking country which heroes they like and don't like yep. shield freedon yep. the shield hero is basically worshipped there and the other three heroes are probably despised or at least not liked much because they aren't as nice to demi-humans traditionally as the shield hero usually is which makes sense yeah because the shield hero unites with other people who are outcast the demi-humans i would dare say it was a previous shield hero who established that country probably would have been it's probably what happened similar to how uh Nalfumi ended up getting a lord of a land of his own mm -hmm. probably where shield frida came from it could very well have been because that's why all demi-humans across the world basically worship the shield things would have been very different for Nalfumi if he'd been summoned to shield freedom instead mm -hmm. he may have turned out just as bad as the other three heroes with that same i'm a hero and i can do whatever i want mindset yep so it, it was both good and bad that he got summoned to the country he did. But yeah, they, they just slipped these little details that let you really imagine what happened. You know, I like those those little details they just slip in there, you know? Yeah, no, those make sense. I like, I like those. I think those are very fun and enjoyable, especially if you can catch them. Because a lot of the times, if you're not fully paying attention or if you're not invested in what you're watching, you won't even catch those. Yeah, a lot of people, like I watch reaction videos of that duel, nobody ever catches on to the fact that he unlocked it because of that. Yeah. And whenever they later talk about it, they don't catch on to it. No one thinks, like I think there was one reaction video I saw where the guy said, oh, if Raftali hadn't been there or if something happens to her, everyone else is done. Yeah. And it's kind of true because Raftali was the anchor that held his sanity in place. If something had happened to her at any point, like she died, oh, he would have lost it. The shield oh, yeah. would have controlled him, and it almost did later on, but it, he would have massacred the entire country. Yeah, no, it would have been KO. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say just the country. I think the entire world would have probably been flattened by him. Very possibly, because his shield clearly has the superior stat growth per level, probably as compensation for the fact that he can't fight himself. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, okay, my two things. Um... I think my two big things I think I like the most about that anime specifically would be, um, hmm, you kind of stole mine on the character development part, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I figured, because that's yeah. one of the main reasons I love this so much. Yeah, it's, I think it's my, okay, so my number one is it's relatability for me. Mm -hmm. Um, as Marcus knows throughout my, like, younger years of, uh, I believe third grade up to when I was getting ready to enter homeschooling. Um, for a good bit there, I was pretty trashed on by a bunch of people, and even afterwards, people talked bad about my name at the school that Marcus went to, um, and it wasn't because I was a bad kid or a bad guy in general, it's just because I was weird and different, and so they just kind of trashed on me a bit. Um, so the relatability for me to see a character who had done nothing wrong, but just not fully understand what was going on around him and just trying his best to fit in as he could and then getting absolutely trashed on by everybody for it was like huh i i've been there i've, I've done that i can relate to this character and so now i'm connected to it like on an emotional level mm -hmm. because it's i found something that i connected with in that and then to see i'm honestly gonna bandwagon on the the character development personally is my second one but to see the development of not only him, but the development of the shield. Mm -hmm. You actually see, it's almost like the shield had a conscience of its own. It kind of is like that, isn't it? But if you watch, as he grows through the anime, and you get closer to the end, like, he starts out in the beginning of the anime, weak shield, weak everything, he just kind of weak sauce in general. And he would just take the little pieces and drop in his shield and unlock a new shield from it. 
Uh, he hardly, you never see him use any specific shields, like hardly ever. He usually uses one set shield. Every time he transformed the shield, he just, just set it to yeah, one shield. Yeah, it was type. like, what was it, the Chimera shield? It yeah. was like this snake shield that he always typically wielded in fights. Yeah, and I mean, it was a worthwhile one because it had an offensive ability. Mm -hmm. It could spat the little snakes out to attack. Um, so he had some little offensive uh, ability with it, and I understand its use. But he also had a few other shields that he was able to use. He had the Hound Shield, mm -hmm. which had an offensive ability that he could have used. Um, there he used was the Soul Leader Shield. That one had an offensive ability, mm -hmm. and it was especially strong against Glass. Yes. Um, which I'm not going to spoil why, but that happened, and I thought that was neat. Um, but if you pay attention to like when he gets further on and it's later in the arcs they're all like getting ready for this like next wave and then suddenly the wave timer stops and they come to find out it's because of this thing called the soul Tur tortoise and they go through the soul tortoise arc mm -hmm. and when they kill him and they're getting ready to completely kill the soul Tur like tortoise and stop its like movement forward um he ends up unlocking a different variant of the shield so he already has the wrath shield mm -hmm. he's been using it's that cursed shield that marcus was talking about it's aka the wrath shield as they call it in the yeah. uh, anime like the uh, the first it like has phases like the yeah. first phase is the the the, the cursed rage. shield cursed then the rage, rage first yeah it was the first it was the rage shield then i think it was cursed then it was wrath yeah. it was like it's and then i think it becomes like i don't even know so it stops on the cursed level of stuff like it stops being wrath shield um, what happens is when the spirit tortoise's um, familiar, like that is one and of the same of it, so it's not the tortoise, but it's a human version of the tortoise. Mm -hmm. um, she ends up helping unlock by giving part of the tortoise to the shield, and then unlocks a whole new angelic version of the shield. Yeah, like sense. a complete 180. Yeah, he, it's like she says to him, "You don't need that shield anymore." And Referencing he, and the it, wrath shield. And at one point. She, he even says, I can't use it. I don't have any rage left. Yep. It's once he was cleared of any bit of anger and malice that he had in him, he was left with this angelic looking shield that was even more OP and had an offensive capability. Yeah, it has like this big. Um, never mind, never mind. I'm not going to say it. But it has. I'm a fire in my laser! Essentially like that. But. Yep. You know. We won't get into the nitty-gritty details of it, but he gets this whole new shield. It's got a whole different fighting style for it. And unlike the Wrath Shield, it doesn't cost his body. Mm -hmm. um, which, for anybody who just heard that, yes, the Wrath Shield did have a toll on his body. I won't get into the details of it. But you can watch the anime yourself and you'll come to find out. When it happens, you're like, oh shoot! Oh shoot! Yes. No wonder he was told not to use the shield by like two people in the entire anime, and they were like high, high class, really strong characters telling yes. him, "Don't use the wrath shield. It's a really bad you idea." Shouldn't use that shield. You shouldn't do it. And so, you'll you'll see if you ever choose to watch the anime, which it's a great anime. And for anybody who has, you completely understand what we're talking about on that. But seeing the shield grow like that mm -hmm. too, like not only him, but he lost his rage. He gained this new level of thought in a sense. But then he gained that rage back when he transported yes, to another world. Because that the new antagonist, what he did yep. is he separated him from the two people he cared about the most, Raftalia and Philo, which is another one of his companions that he's known for a long time. He gets separated from them and his rage starts to return and you can see the sparks of it. And I think whenever he finds Philo being taken advantage of by a slave trader in this other different world his rage comes back so strongly he's he wants to kill that person and his shield automatically turns into the wrath shield instantly it immediately swapped like it was no questions asked it did it turned immediate 
And so you could tell that the Wrath Shield and this angelic shield that they never give us a specified name. I call it the uh, Tortoise it's like Shield. The, yeah, I think it is the Spirit Tortoise Shield. It's, I think the technical is what they called it of that. But it was... I like to call it the Tortoise Shield because it it's, was just... It's more concise, easier to say. Yeah, it's concise, easier. So you got the Wrath Shield, you got the Tortoise Shield. Well, the Wrath Shield is this mindset of anger and malice. And then you have the Tortoise Shield, which is of this... It's, it's not necessarily It's like peace anger. and protect... Like meant yeah. to protect, just like like a, the shell of a tortoise, like the yeah. shell. It's meant to protect people. It has a, a 180 mindset. Like one just wants to kill, and the other one wants to protect. And and they're opposites. And you notice when his rage comes back, he can't use the tortoise shield anymore because it it, it, does, it, it can't it can't, activate. it can't activate as long as there's rage. If you are filled with malice, that shield is averse to mal malice. It can't activate yep. if he has malice. And so when you see him freak out, he gets the shield out. You completely see him lose the tortoise shield entirely for like the entirety of the series. Mm -hmm. You see him use the tortoise shield twice. It was the time that it was gifted to him, and right at the end when he gets the big bad that separated everybody. Yes. And it was a beautiful painting and a picture in my head and personally of like the the 180 of what it means to have community around you versus being split and then people harming those people that you care about like what it does internally to a human's mind what it does to us in general unlike the way we choose to react to things and how we react to things affects things mm -hmm. because if he didn't if he saw philo being shoveled around by essentially a slave trader like he did in this uh, like alternate world if he instead decided to go into this protective form, he probably would have ended up getting the turtle shield instead of the wrath shield mm -hmm. off the bat. But because he became angry and he wanted to harm the man, out popped the wrath shield. Mm -hmm. So I think the this this um, mentality change was like the big growth point for the shield, like in its way it's developed with him. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really beautiful. The one thing I am going to miss, though, about the curse shield, if he does forever abandon, is those incantations. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Like, he they uses, were, he uses two... Yeah, he uses two very special abilities. I memorized the whole incantation. I don't... Is it a spoiler to say it? I would say it's spoiler to say it. I would yeah. say we leave them out. Yeah, but because I, I love those incantations. They're epic. Oh, 100%. Like, spells worth. with incantations like that are just so cool to me. And he, and they're OP as well, both of them. The well, one yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They take time to master and produce mm -hmm. and so like i so i'm playing DD right now i for all of you who are listening we're gonna have a like i'm gonna have a DD episode i'll have a guest on here that knows a good bit about DD. they'll be able to share with you more about that but i play DD on tuesday nights um which for me that will be tomorrow for all of you who are listening this comes out on saturday so you guys will hear it then um but i play it on tuesday nights and we have a sorcerer and a wizard in our group, and neither of them know how to do, like, incantational-based spells. They just kind of go, ha-ha, fireball! Like, that's it. And it's not even a fireball, it's a firebolt. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't have a fireball <laughs> in their it's arsenal It's Cornell firebolt. Pretty much. They don't have a fireball yet in their arsenal to use, so they're just like, ha firebolt. And get shot with a little bolt of fire. Tiny, tiny firebolt. Uh -huh. Bell Cornell. <laughs> Bell Cornell's is better. Oh, yeah. No questions asked. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that was, I think a really neat thing to see in the anime was mm -hmm. like i i like seeing the time it takes for them to actually cast something like that like okay it's yeah. not just a wave of my wand and a vodka like yeah Potter. it's not just like a hey. short thing because it, it makes sense this is the way and this is the way i i did it in, in the story i was telling you about is the the system for magic the way i think of it is 
if if the spell is easy to imagine, if your brain, if you can just visualize it just like that, you don't need an incantation. But if you need it to visualize it in incantation, like it's easier to, it's hard to imagine shooting a fireball out of your hand because we can't do it. Yeah. But if you say something that's like poetically describing it, you get an image in your head, even if you don't know how to imagine it, and that helps visualize it and helps you cast the spell. That's how I think of magic, and I think that's more or less what incantations in magic, anime or otherwise, are for. Yeah, or it's that poetic be. idea of them like helping them visualize it in a mm -hmm. sense. So yeah, I agree. Well, with that being said, we are at a 55 minute marker. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and cut the episode here. Um, I think we ended on a very good high note with the Rising of the Shield hero and our thoughts and opinions on it all. Um, but with that being said, um, again, apologize to everybody. I do not have a um, email set up yet for the channel. Uh, I plan on having a email put together for this podcast um, within the next like week so by the time this episode comes out be prepped for the following episode to actually have the like uh, email in it um but with that being said that's the only announcement i have moving forward um be on the lookout for the next episode uh, i'll leave that one as a surprise for you guys to hear it when you come back uh, but with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys did enjoy, please, 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 please rate this five stars. And if you guys have the availability to support, we always love the support because it does help us financially and it helps us grow the podcast. Um, but with that being said, you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Got anything else to say, Marcus? Watch all the good anime. Please, please watch Rising of the Shield Hero. It's incredible. Anyway, see you guys. Bye. Thank you.